Welcome to Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. It's the classic Jesus music radio show. It's a look back at where it all began. This is Full Circle, looking back at the beginnings of today's contemporary Christian music. Now, here's your host, Jerry Bryant. Hi, everybody. This is Jerry Bryant, and welcome to another edition of Full Circle, the classic Jesus music radio show. I'm taking you back to where it all began. And on this episode, I'll introduce a special guest whose music and legacy has impacted us all. From my special guest, the talented Mr. Benny Hester. <laughs> and he's quite a legend. 
Welcome to the show, Benny. I'd love for you to start by telling us your story. Well, I was born in Texas. In fact, I was born in Waco, Texas. And that, uh, you know, was great because there were a lot of things going on during those years. I uh, studied classical music from the time that I was four years old. I studied a keyboard that was called a chromatic keyboard. It was, it was uh, very unusual and I had two very strict European teachers and so it gave me a good start. But um, I went to Texas Tech and West Texas State University, which is A&M now. And um, I uh, was in a musical for a couple of years called Texas, a big extravaganza. That was all my musical background. And when I was in uh, high school, I started a rock band with some of my friends and it was called the Morticians of all things. <laughs> and that was a very funny name. And uh, that uh, got me interested in pop culture. It kind of was a transition from, um, you know, the classic, classical music that I was playing to something that I thought, you know, this might be a great, interesting future for me. I was a bass player at that time. And uh, we got popular all over Texas and throughout the South. And um, so I became a teacher for a short time and I was offered a job in Las Vegas in a private school. And when, um, when I arrived there, uh, I just had to start over. I got off the plane in Las Vegas and I just thought, oh my gosh, you know, this probably isn't where the music business is. That's what I wanted to do. And uh, so, you know, I um, I went to uh, a walkthrough, uh, just ask a friend if uh, it would be okay if I just walked through the only recording studio at that time in Las Vegas called United Recording. And when I took the walkthrough, I met a person by the name of Brent Mayer. And uh, Brent was the house engineer, a really great guy. And when I was walking through, he just happened to be taking a break and he just said, what do you do? What, uh, you know, what are you here for? And I said, oh, I'm just looking around. And I said, I write songs, I write music, I write pop music. And he said, well, wow, sit down, play me one, play me a song. So I did. And he just went, wow, well, do you have another one of those? And I said, yeah, I do. And I pulled out two binder uh, notebooks that I had kept for many years. I'd been writing and learning to write. And one was called The Good Book. And then the second one was called The Better Book. And so I, um, I played him some songs from those and we ended up spending the whole day. And Brent and I ended up becoming very good friends. He produced my first album. He introduced me to Bill Porter, who was Elvis Presley's sound man. And Bill was very famous. He had cut, and all, cut all the uh, Everly Brothers hits and Roy Orbison and on and on and on, Elvis's songs. And 
So it was just, uh, he was just a great guy to sit and talk to. He's sort of like my father, uh, you know, second father there in, in Las Vegas. And he took me to many of the Elvis Presley concerts when he would mix them at the International Hotel, it's the Hilton Hotel now. Uh, I would sit with him behind the console and he would mix the show and I would watch all these guys and watch Elvis each night and, you know, just pick up on how everything went on. And it was such a great uh, experience for me. Well, were you an early Elvis fan? I was a little young to be a real Elvis fan. My older brother was a great, you know, knew a lot about Elvis. I did know Elvis's band. I knew that Ron Tutt had just cut Peace Train with Cat Stevens. I knew that Jerry Sheff had just recorded the last Doors album. I had, you know, I had kind of kept up with them and Elvis had hired the best studio players from LA. So uh, when I uh, was signed to my first recording contract with Bill Porter and what was then Vegas Music International, Bill and Brent brought Elvis's band to record with me. And they recorded my whole first album with me. And uh, it was just a great experience. They sort of took me under their wing. It was Ron Tutt, uh, Jerry Sheff, Glenn Harden on keys, James Burton on guitar in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And um, then we also had Joe Osborne and Larry Mahobrak, who uh, Joe Osborne had just cut Simon and Garfunkel's Bridge Over Troubled Water and um, many of the songs that I had been clued into. So that was a real exciting time. Well, not a shabby beginning for a young man, having all that influence in your life at the start. But where was Jesus in the picture? Right. Well, that brought me up to the moment when things began to change. And, uh, you know, I had all that musical background and I think really some interesting opportunity. And I was, um, when I was going to the sessions and when I was writing these some of these songs for this album, I saw that there were some people in town. They were telling people about Jesus. They were a large group. They came to Las Vegas and they stayed there for about a year. And if you pulled up at a stoplight on the strip, they would just lean in the window and hand you a track. And that was really great. And I was at the same time, just beginning to read the Bible. I had been listening to Cat Stevens and Cat Stevens uh, had, uh, had some spiritual messages in his music. And I thought that was very interesting, but it wasn't Christian. And uh, Seals and Croft, they were of the Baha'i faith. They were also writing songs. And those ideas or some of those things were slipping into their songs and into their music. And that interested me because I liked something that had a higher purpose. I just knew that I was reading the Bible. It was a little different than what they were talking about. And so I just kept reading it and writing songs. And I wrote a couple of songs. I wrote one called, We All Know He's Coming that I recorded with Elvis Presley's band, and then I re-recorded it in later years. And then I wrote a couple of other songs, maybe three other songs on that album that had the spirituality of 
my time that I spent just reading the Bible. And um, I, you know, I was just a beginner. I really had, I was just searching. And so we recorded the songs and I noticed, especially with Ronnie, the drummer, I, I noticed that when I was recording the songs that it was really having an effect on him. And we talked and I kind of told him why and what was going on. And it ended up, they picked that song, We All Know He's Coming, to be the single. And we got up to the time where all the promotion had been had come out. Uh, it was in Billboard magazine. I'd done a lot of interviews. I was uh, going around the country and on radio stations and just previewing the album. And um, they had pressed up, We All Know He's Coming as a single and with a B-side. and. Um, that was very exciting and one night I was uh, somebody phoned me and woke me up it was about 4 a.m. in the morning and they said the studio is on fire and the entire warehouse is on fire that was connected to the studio and the record company and so I drove down I could see the flames all the way across town it was a giant fire and it had turned out that someone had started it it was a you know, uh, one of those kinds of things where it was arson, and I, I just could not believe it. My albums were burned, all the the LPs that were pressed, the masters were burned, and all the singles. I saw people loading in cars. You know, they were kind of looting the building as it was, uh, um, you know, burning, and so that was a big shock and a big wake-up call. It was the worst thing that had ever happened to me. And I just, um, I didn't know what I was gonna do with myself. We all had to just reset. So after that, I was invited to a big tent meeting where there was a band playing and it was took up an entire city block. It was a very large tent. And there were maybe, thousand or two thousand people in in there and um, I went just to kind of hear the music and then a young guy got up afterwards and spoke and he just laid out the gospel just as clear as day and I was mess I was just completely taken with it I listened to what he had to say and at the end of the night when they had an invitation for people to come forward I was one of those people and I gave my life to Christ that night, and everything changed. Everything about the purpose of my life, everything about where I was headed, and I still wanted to do music. I just wanted it to be better, and I wanted it to be on a higher plane, and I wanted it to have a, an effect on other people's lives, too. So that meant a lot to me. Well, let's give a listen to that early song Benny referred to. We all know he's coming on Full Circle. Open wide, we'll be 
coming benny hester and you've just told us about an adventure you had at the beginning i mean all of those amazing musicians in your life and then the master recordings of your early work burned to a crisp i mean that's testing by fire that the scripture talks about came pretty early we read in first peter 1 7 so that the tested genuineness of your faith More precious than gold that perishes, though it's tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Well, as I said, it came pretty early for you. (laughs) But in 1978, your first self-titled CCM album was released on Spirit Records, and then 
I remember, uh, later re-released on Murr Records in 1982, retitled Be a Receiver, which I opened the show with. So, beside the title track, another memorable song from that album was Jesus Came Into My Life. I wonder if you could share some thoughts on that song. How did that song come to life, Benny? Well, it was uh, after I had lost my first album, it was six years before I had another opportunity to record an album. And that's the spirit album that you're talking about. Uh, Jesus came into my life and all of those songs on that album were simply about the experience that I had, how my life had changed. And I wanted to do that in the most honest and forthright, simple way that I could. I put a band together in those years in between in Las Vegas, and all of those guys uh, played with me. We played in parks. We saw thousands of people come to Christ. I played the convention center and, you know, all of that. So um, using those songs gave me a great opportunity to just kind of uh, give my testimony about what had happened to me and uh, how things had really come about and how life had really changed. So, you know, it was, it was, uh, you know, Jesus came into my life, be a receiver. Uh, we all know he's coming, you know, a lot of those uh, kinds of songs. You know, you end up talking to people like during the project and you end up talking to people and like I said, you just collaborate in a real uh, natural way. And they had, they, you know, provided some ideas. And, you know, if they were usable, we did, we did. And I took probably more collaborators on that album, maybe than any album that I ever did. I'm not really a co-writer kind of person. I don't, I have, I don't uh, do that that often. But on that album, I did. Cold, I was walking down, was hard and cold, and I didn't know where to go. But then he reached, took my hand. Jesus, now I know. Jesus came in. Heartache and fear 
Benny Hester, my special guest on this episode, as I'm looking back to where it all began. Now, Out of the Natural was a a great song, Benny, and um, people forget sometimes that the heavenly realm is more real than the earthly realm. I simply started looking around and thinking that about the fact that you're not so in control of your life. You're not really that in control of your life. God's really in control of your life. And occasionally, like, you know, I would see as, as we traveled around the country uh, with my band, I would just see that people, uh, they honestly uh, just would have to believe in something bigger than themselves. God would have to intervene in their situation. Out of the Natural was about God doing something bigger in your life than you ever expected. And he'll do the same in your life, if you let him. Here's Out of the Natural and Into the Supernatural, I might add.
out of the natural, Benny Hester on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. This is a listener-supported radio show, and you can help out by going to www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. That's fullcirclejesusmusic.com. You can download the show, find out some of the past shows that we've done, And of course, pray for us and support us. It's tax exempt. And thanks. Hi, this is Benny Hester, and you're listening to the best of early Jesus music on Full Circle with Jerry Bryant. Welcome back to Full Circle. As I talk with my special guest, writer, producer, and recording artist, Benny Hester.
Legacy was a song that I thought about first for my children. You know, I had two young children at that time that the Legacy album was done. And um, I thought, well, I wonder if when they're older, if they're gonna remember all these songs and what my purpose was and why I wrote them. And I wanted to inspire other people to leave the legacy to you. And so writing the song uh, became sort of a mission, I guess, for me, because I thought of it as something that everybody should aspire to do. Everybody should try to leave a legacy, whether it's to your kids or to those around you, those you love, or those who hear your music on the radio. Just uh, a legacy. That's what it means. Well, that's well said, Benny. That's what God is trying to do with you and me. He wants a secret history with you and who he makes you to be as he makes you like his dear son will be a legacy for others to follow. Say, I hope you're enjoying the show. Coming up, a couple of the most meaningful songs Benny ever wrote. But first, let me take this pause. Radio is so interesting as well as podcast because you can listen in the background and not pay much attention to where it came from, what it's all about, if you like the groove of the music. You can find this show on iHeartRadio, iTunes Podcast, and many other locations on Facebook, FullCircleJesusMusic.com. Then you can go to my website, www.FullCircleJesusMusic.com. And you can also receive my newsletters, which will give you updates just a little quicker. While you're at the website, consider becoming a supporter of the radio show, either on a one-time basis or every month. Your support really makes a difference. I don't make a big deal about it, but I want you to know that very few right now are involved in being part of the support. A lot of folks are enjoying the show, but we sure could use some more help (laughs) and some prayers at www.fullcirclejesusmusic.com. And all gifts are tax-exempt. This is Jerry Bryant, and I've got a couple of songs coming up that were life-changing to say the least. My special guest, the writer and producer, Benny Hester. I know you know John Wickham, another Jesus music legend. I think, Benny, you roped him into playing lead guitar on Nobody Knows Me Like You from the 1981 album. Now, how did that song come to life? First of all, I would say John Wickham, one of the best guitar players just ever and he was in my band i not only roped him into doing that song but i roped him into being in my band for a number of years him gary arthur and uh elvis presley's drummer ron tutt toured with me and played on three albums of my albums with me uh for about 40 years and um you know they were just uh, they were fabulous And uh, whenever um, I wrote that song, I had been asked to come to San Francisco. I was at Berkeley College. I was staying up there for a couple of weeks 
and doing concerts at the Golden Gate Park, uh, just all over at the college. We did Oakland Coliseum. And one day I was driving across the Bay Bridge and I got an idea for a song. And I didn't have an instrument with me. And as I started to drive across the bridge, I started writing the first verse of the song. And by the time that I got to the other side, uh, I had written the first verse of Nobody Knows Me Like You and the chorus. And I grabbed a guitar and later that day, I finished the entire song. And so I have to say, you know, it was, they don't all happen like that. But John Wickham uh, played that guitar solo so many times live with me. When he came in the studio and, and did that, it was so natural. I, I just wanted to hear that solo that John had played, you know, because we played that live for at least a year or more before I ever recorded it. Just how much I really needed you More than a friend, someone I could talk to You've changed me in so many ways Nobody knows me like you Put your arms around me, bring me through There's many times I don't know what to do Though some know me well Still nobody knows me like you All of my secrets to you I tell You saw each time that I slipped and fell All of my faults, yes, you know them well But you never turned me away, no, no
One of the amazing songs, still touching lives, Benny Hester, Nobody Knows Me Like You. It's so true. God knows everything about us, every thought, every hair on your head is numbered, and he still loves us in spite of all of our imperfections. I'm talking with my special guest, Benny Hester. (laughs) It's been a long time coming. Now, in 1983, you had your third project, Legacy, which I titled this episode after, and that one song, When God Ran, became the longest-running number one song in CCM history, 13 consecutive weeks at number one on AC, November and December of 85, and January of 86, and simultaneously number one on CHR for fewer weeks. But it remained the longest-running number one CCM song for many years. I'd almost be willing to play it on every episode of Full Circle because there are so many prodigals and disenfranchised out of the church that are out there and hopefully tuning in from time to time for a little hope on Full Circle. It's hard to believe that God loves you sometimes and and yet the story of the prodigal son that Jesus told his followers And you captured it so well in your lyrics. Now, I really think the listeners would like to know how you were inspired to write that song. When God Ran was actually on an album called Benny From Here in 1985. And I, I wanted to write songs that were based on some of the messages that I heard from my favorite pastors. First, starting with my own pastor, Chuck Smith, at Calvary Chapel. Uh, Then Greg Laurie was a person that I started doing the Monday night Bible studies with him. I did the Harvest Crusades with him on the East Coast and here in California. And I did for about 10 years, almost every Easter morning with Greg. And we always made jokes, jokes, or he did. You know, he would always say Egg Laurie and Bunny Hester and things like that. You know, but I wrote a song called uh, To Fill Our Empty Hearts that Greg just said, hey, why don't you write a song about he came out of an empty tomb to fill our empty hearts. So I I did that. And then I wrote some other tunes that were based on Chuck Smith's messages. Uh, Oswald Chambers, one of my very favorites. I've written songs based on those messages. And then there was a young pastor that used to be my drummer that in Las Vegas that had this uh, message about the prodigal son. And uh, I thought it had a great, just a great heart, just the way that he gave the message. I didn't hear the whole thing. I just heard a little piece of it. But I said, hey, John, give me a bunch of your, just print out the titles of your sermons. I would really like that and appreciate it. And give them to me, and I, you know, maybe I'll, I'll want to write some songs. So I wanted to write uh, "When God Ran" just to start with God's omnipotence, 
And I wanted to say how powerful God was. And that's what people think of first. But when you get to the chorus, of course, it turns the corner. And to show you how loving and forgiving God is towards us. And it, uh, I don't know if it's been told in that way, the song, you know, before. Uh, the single was released in uh, late 85, around uh, November-ish or something like that, a little before. And it ended up being number one for 13 weeks on AC. And at the time it became the longest running number one song in CCM uh, history. And it was number one on the CHR charts also. And then it got re-recorded by different people. Phillips, Craig, and Dean re-recorded it. It became number one for them. The Kingsman did a great gospel quartet version that became number one. And then an alt-rock group by a group called Shaded Red. So it was fun to see the different versions and how they treated it. And, you know, but I loved it that that message keeps on going out. And, you know, I hope that, uh, I hope that people take it, you know, in the way that I wrote it, because it's, it's very personal. Almighty God, the great I am, immovable rock, omnipotent, powerful, awesome Lord. Glorious warrior, commanding king of kings, mighty conqueror, and the only time, the only time I ever saw him run was when he ran to me, took me in his arms, held my head to his chest, said my
an unforgettable classic of all time. When God ran in a time where so many struggle staying close to the Father, either because of being wounded in religious organizations or doing something at one time so bad, you don't believe the Father could ever forgive you. You need to hear this song again, or maybe for the first time. And this last song will bring the message home. It's an invitation to believe once again. I said in an earlier full circle that I really want to turn the corner ever so slightly and be sure that the message is getting through, whether through a song or some of the things I might share. Because I really want you to know his love. And if you're far away... I want you to come close. Now, let me turn for a moment to one last question for my guest. My special guest, Benny Hester, has been sharing with us. Um, usually right here, Benny, I say, thanks for listening. Until next time, keep your eyes to the sky. Let your light shine. This is Jerry Bryant. And then I tell them, <laughs> Full Circle is recorded in the Jesus Solid Rock Studios in Nashville, Tennessee. Full Circle is a JSR production. Now, Benny, that's kind of how the show ends. But but because of the honor I want to give to this song, I don't want to end the show that way. I want to end it with the last note of the song. I'd like to give a little history on this particular song that was written by Edward Moat in 1834, a pastor in Horsham, West Sussex, the UK. And it looks as if the inspiration for this hymn came from Christ, the parable they told of the wise and foolish builders. Now, in the parable, you know, Jesus speaks of the foolish builder who built his house on sinking sand, while the wise builder, he built his on a solid rock. And as you would imagine, a storm easily swept away the one that was built on sand. So, Benny, you took an old hymn and put your special touch on it, and now it's a well-loved version. And of course, I'm talking about the song. On Christ the Solid Rock. Christ the Solid Rock was a song that I picked up on early. Uh, most of the, the music I was recording were songs that I wrote, but this song caught me, and it just it meant so much to me personally. I just came up with that arrangement of it just on the spot one night. I was going to my church, neighborhood church in Las Vegas, it's in Henderson. We had a Bible study later in the week. And so I started trying that out, that song and that arrangement of Christ's Solid Rock. It was Chuck Smith's favorite song that I did. He always wanted me to play that song before he spoke. He said, just be sure that's the last one you play before I come out. And so Christ is Solid Rock, Chuck's favorite, but certainly one of my very favorites. Jesus.
Circle.